0: Do you feel like you missed out on quality PT education during the pandemic? Feeling unprepared to enter the workforce? Looking to finally learn what you've been missing and have the graduation that you deserve after years of hard work? Join us at
1: the SSHC Live 2021 conference in Orlando, Florida, June 5th and 6th,
0: to make 2021 your big comeback. Tickets are massively discounted for students like you. And if you are interested in attending the graduation only on Sunday night, you are able to come for free. So click the link in the description to save your spot today.
1: Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone?
0: Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E U D E twenty two zero.
1: And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh.
0: As always, make life humorous.
1: Welcome to Gratitude. I'm Sarah. And
0: I'm Gabby. And we are two new grad DPTs helping you get through PT school on your first try debt-free. Join us as we guide you through the insanity of PT school.
1: Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, and today you have two doctors on the podcast. Again, the two of us, I know. (laughs) And uh, today is our first weekly since graduation. It is. You graduated
0: last Friday, Sarah. Isn't that crazy?
1: It's pretty crazy. Um, And so today we're going to actually talk about the big girl job hunt, job search, whatever you want to call it so first though gabby any weekly updates how was your week of not studying what did you do in your free time
0: oh it was it was so great i got to uh hang out with some friends because i took my exam uh about an hour from where i live right now so that was great i didn't have any timeline and i'm still you know i'm still uh enjoying my time off Um, And I will go into uh, and do another episode about this, but I wanna be transparent um, with all of you. And it is, you know, more of a roller coaster, but for those of you who passed the NPTE, congrats. We are so happy for you and excited um, because you've worked so tirelessly for years, like seven plus years for this. And like, we just wanna congratulate you because it's a huge accomplishment and April exams. April was not easy, let me tell you. But for those of you who failed uh, on your first attempt, like myself, it's, it sucks. It's a, it's a feeling where you see, you go on the FSBPT and it's the first thing that comes up. And it neither says failed or passed. But if you saw the failed symbol, you know, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to grieve, do all of those things. But also, you know, realize it's, I've gotten this from a lot of people over the last few days. It's just an exam. It's not the end of the world. You're still going to be a... A physical therapist. I'm wearing, representing my deep. Oh, I lady. like
1: that. That is so cute. For those of you who can't see, I don't know why you're not in the student physical therapist network group on Facebook, but come join us. And you could see her cool shirt and you got, is it a little heart around the PT like health symbol? Oh, it's so cute.
0: It is. So if you want to get this for a grad, it's from Etsy. My best friends got it for me. Uh, and it's very comfortable, but anyway, so, you know, you always have to remember that you are a doctor of physical therapy. You are just awaiting to get your license and, and that's it, but I'm not saying it's easy. It's sucks looking at that. And, you know, in a way, seeing all of your classmates pass when you f- didn't pass and trying not to expose yourself from, um, and tell, you know, tell people, but do it when you're, when you're ready. The reason why I'm doing it now is because I've calmed down a little bit over the last few days and I can say this without crying. So that's a good thing. Um, And yeah, so this week is just, was just processing everything, relaxing, and uh, now it's going to, you know, rear back up to get to work uh, and pass in July. But the good thing is we're study buddies.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, now Gabby's stuck with me, yes. <laughs> stuck studying with me until July. <laughs> so we're going to make the most out of it. And you're coming to visit me in person soon. I'm so excited.
0: We are. We are so excited. And you guys, it has been a long time but we will give you more updates when we are in person. And Sarah, it has been one week since graduation. So how did, what were you able to do this week? And I know you were not in Florida during graduation.
1: No, I don't go to school in Florida. (laughs) Uh, My rotations, I was very lucky to have my, both my long-term rotations in the same city down here in Florida. So I have an apartment down here um, and I just got like a 14 month lease because why not? So I'm down here till October, but I flew back up to Ohio and then drove to Pennsylvania because like my family's in Ohio. So we flew up there and drove to PA for graduation. And let me tell you, I was underprepared for the weather. I was so underprepared and I was not the only one. I had on, you know, a cute dress and I actually had on like some kids, like just some white shoe tennis, not tennis shoes, you know what kids are. Um, some white kids because we were on turf and we weren't supposed to wear heels. So um, we were outside in the football stadium. in Pennsylvania, I was checking the weather constantly before we left because I knew it could get really chilly. And it's very windy where I was at. It's very hilly. So sometimes the wind can just like speed through. And I'm telling you, this was the most hilarious graduation ever because it was like, it hailed for a little bit right beforehand. And we were outside in our like robes and the, there were folding chairs laid flat on the turf, you know, six feet apart all around. And so we like lined up in front of the chairs and you had to like kind of sit in your chair quickly. You like unfolded it and sat in it quickly. So it didn't blow away. (laughs) Because I'm telling you, chairs were blowing away. And these are like metal folding chairs. So it was hilarious. People had blankets with them out there. I did not. But you know what, it is a graduation I will never forget. And afterwards, there's only like two restaurants in the whole town that you could really like sit down and eat a meal. And so I went to both of those were full because it's graduation weekend. So we went to uh, Coney Island. I don't know if anyone has been there, but it's like hot dogs and hamburgers. And we waited for like an hour to get a hot dog or hamburger. (laughs) It was great. It was a great weekend. It was a lot of wedding planning. It was graduation. It was a little, you know, small grad party. Um, it was a lot of fun. Now I'm back in Florida.
0: Yes. And it was so great seeing you graduate. And I will say for (laughs) everyone who had the live stream, I was, uh Texting Sarah's uh, previous roommate Kelsey and I was like Kelsey, did you do you see the chairs blowing? And she was saying, yeah, the weather is windy. And then we caught you just at the right time because the live stream it started to buffer and it was very choppy because of the wind and the weather. And then we were like, oh my gosh, it's PT. And then we were like, where's Sarah? And they it it froze right when you were getting hooded. So it was perfect. And then right after that, they ended the ceremony. Um, but Oh, it just went black, right?
1: Because the yeah. ceremony, I mean, we were still going. Like, there were a lot of people after me. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because normally graduation is alphabetical, right? So we were not alphabetical. There's no organization to this. I had a piece of paper. I wrote my name on it and kind of how to pronounce it. And we were kind of randomly in a line. So it's not like people could anticipate when
0: I was going to walk up there. Exactly. But I'm glad that you had the graduation and it was, you know, spent with your family and friends. So that's great. And wedding planning.
1: And wedding planning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was very busy and I am very happy to be back.
1: And now it is time to study and get down to it this week. We're going to, Gabby and I are going hard, 12 weeks of NPTE prep and uh, then the boards. So let's do this. And now we're also job hunting, big girl job hunting. So Gabby, you've already been job hunting a little bit. So what are the big points that you've kind of learned so far from job hunting? And what are you, what are you looking at? What do you want to do?
0: Yeah, so first of all, job hunting is a little stressful because you have so much going on you may have been finding a job during your full-time clinical on top of graduation and NPTE studying. Like it's a lot, (sighs) it's a lot going on. And I give kudos to every single student who did that. Uh, And I think for me, the biggest thing that I had to ask myself is what do I want? First of all, you know, ask yourself, what, what do you want? What setting do you want to treat in? Um, Do you want to, do you travel PT? Do you want to not be in insurance? And as a new grad, start off with doing cash pay or your own business. So there's that question you have to ask yourself first before you jump into anything. And for me, you know, I, I had that question posed to me a few times and I was like, okay, what do I really want? What is my what would make Gabby happy? And you know, we will talk about this more. But you're you're not always going to be happy in your job. But what's going to really make you fulfilled? And honestly, go for that. Like, don't. I think the biggest takeaway of this episode for job hunting is don't settle for less than you're worth. Because you went to school for three years. You have a doctorate degree. You got that. You got that DPT. You got that DPT. And you know, the job market right now. Uh, is different than it was a year ago today. Uh, So I don't want to underestimate, you know, saying like take any job, but be very, you know, be very very picky and selective. So for me, that was the first question that I had to pose. What do I want? What would make you fulfilled and happy is number one. Number two, what are your non-negotiables in a sense? Because if you have a family, if you have a significant other and they have a job and you can't necessarily move, then location might be a non-negotiable for you that you, you, know, you really can't move anywhere. Uh, so finding a, a job in that specific area is going to be what you're, what you're looking for. And if you're open to setting, then you, know, you can do that. I know, um, I know students who have uh, been new grads and gone into home health without having a clinical rotation. I have known new grads who, you know, had a great clinical experience, say an outpatient, and they stuck with that. So the beauty of all this, you can explore different settings and you don't have to be tied down to one setting forever. And that's, I think that's really great. But I think starting out with, especially in the pandemic, I mean, you can really do anything because if you, you know, if you feel comfortable in one setting and you're like, oh, I want to get more experience in one that in that specific setting. For me, it's outpatient. Um, I, I enjoy the outpatient setting. Uh, I enjoy treating, uh, you know, different populations. Uh, and for me, like, that's what, that's what I'm choosing. Not saying inpatient or acute is bad, but I just have not had that much experience in it to where I'm ready to just like take the leap and do a whole new setting. Uh, but yeah, I would say, what are your non-negotiables? And Sarah, we can also go into salary as well. Um, oh, so Gabby, what are your non-negotiables? Yeah. If so- you don't mind me asking.
1: <laughs> we're going to just have a very frank conversation today, guys. And if you're on live, like just hop in here because we'd love to hear from you. Like, what is it for you? And we're going to have to do a whole panel on this in the future too.
0: Yes. And I just saw Jane hopped on. And she just said that I went into aquatic PT as a new grad with no aquatic experience. Agree with you, but Gabby, you can try out different settings without even having experience. And thank you, Jane, for putting that because Jane is one example. She is a good friend of ours and she is learning in aquatic PT. Uh, and I know I've talked to her personally and she has a great mentor and a great group Um, That's really helping and guiding her through this process. And so if you have any questions about aquatic PT, uh, it's very unique and she would be the best person to ask for that. Um, But going back, so my non-negotiables for me are number one, people are probably going to say, well, actually... It doesn't matter. But my non-negotiable was, I don't want to be in a PT mill, number one. And we all know. Can we I will, just
1: explain so, that for people who might yeah. not know if they've made it this far in all the episodes, and we've mentioned this before and are not sure what a PT mill is. Can you explain what that is?
0: Yes. Yeah, so the term PT mill comes from companies that, you know, bring in patients every, let's just say 15 minutes. And you see, you have to see a quota or a rate of how many patients per day to meet productivity standards. And that could be, I've, I've heard, I've heard students treating up to 20 patients a day, which is ridiculous. And that like, if someone told me that I would say, well, this is going to lead to burnout very quickly. Um, and that's just not in a week that is in a day. So PT mills for me, I feel like have uh, a way where you spend very little time with patients and they just go to a tech for most of the time. Um, And that's, that's not what I want. There's a certain productivity standard and you have to meet it or they give you, I don't know. I've never been in that situation, but we have just heard from physical therapists who have been in that and they do feel burnt out and they don't feel fulfilled in what they're doing. And they lose that passion for you know physical therapy because they're just a, they're a little cog yeah. in the whole wheel they're just yeah like, it's just churning patients out it's just like all day you can't factor in like <laughs> a, little, a,
1: little, a little factory exactly <laughs> people who are listening
0: yeah so that was definitely a non-negotiable for me and second to that was i i don't want to do insurance period to start out with and i know some of you may think like why why don't you want to start in an insurance based practice is because i know for me from from the experience and the guidance that i've had throughout pt school i know that i do want to have uh, my own practice one day but i want that to be in a cash based setting brick and mortar mobile whatever that may be and i want to be you know mentored that was my like non-negotiable as well like i need mentorship and if you missed yesterday's episode, or if you missed yesterday's uh, podcast episode, that will be in the future. But in this group, Greg Todd came on and we talked about some of this as well. But um, yeah, I would say a big thing is, you know, if you if you are a 2020 or 2021 grad and you feel like your clinical rotations were cut off or your labs, you only had a condensed lab period like Sarah did, you know, our... Our clinical skills may not be up to par from someone who was not in a pandemic, but, you know, it depends on the situation. Ultimately, I, you know, I want mentorship wherever I go and to have a period where I can, um, you know, go through that. And if it's like a mini residency, that's fine um, because I want to, you know, treat patients and give them the high value, um, but then also charge for the value that, you know, I'm worth. So, and have time with my patients. Time freedom is a big thing for me, not only outside the clinic, but also with your patients.
1: There's a lot in there. <laughs> so how do you even decide from there? Like, what do you even start looking into? What was your first step when you were like, I should probably start job searching. What did you do?
0: So my first step, I just wanted to see if you are on LinkedIn, um, you can find you know positions on there. But first step for me, I did look on LinkedIn and I did do a few searches uh, to see what was out there. Um, and there were a, a few cash pay clinics on LinkedIn, um, but that was kind of like the initial step of just seeing what's out there. And then second step was uh, honestly reaching out and seeing uh, from, you know, PTs that I know. Who are in the setting that i want to be in like interacting with them and having you know conversations i did have a few conversations with um mobile pts and um you know they were able to refer me to this person who may be hiring so i think that's the the next step is to you know communicate and find the people who you look up to and if it's the setting that you ultimately want to work in Like those are the people to contact. But for me specifically, uh, I had, there's actually an email that was sent, uh, from another one of my mentors. She's a travel PT mentor for new grads. And she sent out an email. It was a, uh, it was a job, uh, application. And so I, you know, I took the opportunity. I read through the description. I was like, Hey, this is me. And so, you know, if it's, if it's a job description that matches what you want, um, just go for it. So that's a few things that I did, but I would say, um, I'm realizing more and more Sarah, and you can probably say the same thing. Your, your network is your net worth. And I can, I can honestly, you know, say that now that I'm still in the job hunt and, uh, we, we opened up the opportunities for ourselves early and whether that be social media or through conferences, like your your networking is going to be so important for you when you start your job hunt. I can 100% with honesty tell you that.
1: And I think some people are very excited to hear that. And other people are like, oh crap, I haven't been talking to anybody. I haven't been doing anything during PT school except trying to pass, trying to get through it. And I totally understand that side of it too, because Gabby is very much the extroverted one of the two of us. <laughs> so if you see us at a conference somewhere, Gabby will be like a little pinball machine. She'll be like, burr, 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 all the way, like all around the room. And I'll like be on the side of the room near a wall somewhere with to, like two other people, because I just, it's just too much for me. <laughs> I do well in small groups. And so I don't want you guys to hear that and think, oh, well, like I haven't really been networking. Like, how do I even do this? That sounds very overwhelming and very scary. I just want you guys to write down what's important to you, right? Because if you can just realize what you want your life to look like and not just your job, then the job can kind of fit into your life. And it can be very difficult to pinpoint because I can say when I first started thinking about, graduating. I don't think I even told you this, Gabby. Back in January, I was freaking the freak out. I was like, oh my God, I'm graduating this year. What the heck am I going to do with my life? I don't know what I want. I don't know where I want to live. I could live like wherever I want. You know, I'm getting married this year, but my fiance has a remote position. So the opportunities are endless, but it's, I've had this paralysis by overanalysis, right? Because there's so many opportunities, I did nothing. And that's kind of still where I'm at, but it'll get better you know, focusing on one thing at a time. And I want you guys to know, um, it's okay, wherever you're at, just like take a breath because I called, I actually reached out to a handful of people we've had on the podcast, some we have not. And I got on a phone call with some of them just to hear what they did heading into new grad life. And I think it helped calm me down, like whatever decision you make now, is not a forever decision, you know? You can always change your mind and I think that's the beautiful part of it. Whatever you decide to do, it's totally fine to change it later. You will change it later
0: and that's okay. I'm so glad you said that too, because it is overwhelming and we're all gonna go through that um, paralysis by overanalysis because it's like, you don't know where to start and you're like, well, you know, how, how do I even find these jobs? Where is the best place to look? And honestly, um, I use LinkedIn. There's always um glass, I think it's called Glassdoor indeed. So there's definitely a lot of places and even ask your program because a lot of the clinical affiliations, Sarah, I don't know if they um they did this at your program, but we have a, a DPT job board and it's from it's a whole Excel sheet with uh previous clinical affiliations and it doesn't have if they're hiring, but At least if you want to reach out to a specific location, you can, Uh, and they made that for us. So if we're interested in looking into that, we can. So I think all universities should do that, honestly. I,
1: I don't think we have a job board, but we have our DCE sends out emails All the time, she's like, Oh, new job opportunity forward. Oh, other job opportunity forward. And some of them are relevant and some of them are not. I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, It's January of 2021. I don't even graduate till May. Like, I don't qualify for any of these, but I appreciate just seeing that there are opportunities and that there are options for maybe the future, you know? So, I think most universities, and I'd love to hear from you guys, how does that work for you? If you are a third year, you guys are probably getting job opportunity emails or job board things, however your program sets it up. Um, But yes, we definitely have forwarded lots of emails over to us.
0: (laughs) Yes, same here. Like all the emails have been coming in. And another thing uh, that we want to talk about is, we'll do a whole episode on this, but briefly talking about negotiating salaries because I feel like as students, we just don't get that in PT school. And it's more of, you know, you have to figure it out yourself and, you know, what you want uh, and what the specific offer is. But, you know, what, whatever it is, always ask for more. Like, I would say if you're given um, a certain number and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I don't feel bad about this, but I also think I can negotiate higher, do it. Because the worst that they can say is no And I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter as well as like new grads asking um, a lot of the PTs on there, like, how did you negotiate salary when you were a new grad? Did you just take this offer? And pretty much all of them on the thread said, like, negotiate higher. Uh, The worst they can say is no. Uh, For for example, uh, one new grad, uh, this specific student uh, was able to uh, get residency you know, leadership training and CEUs paid for, and his salary was lower, but that's including like all of those things in this package. And so, uh, when this specific student told me that I was like, okay, you know, it's lower, but if it includes all those things, that's, that's pretty good for a new grad. So it just depends. Um, you know, look at your package, look at what's included, the benefits, all of that. And it can be really overwhelming. That's one thing I'm trying not to think about right now. But it's something you have to make a decision. And if the if you have multiple offers, you're going to have to say no to someone. And I feel like that's another big thing is just saying no. It's no hard feelings for whoever it is, and they they should tell you that upfront. They should say whatever decision that you choose, whatever um, employer that you go with, it's no hard feelings. And if they tell you that upfront, then that is a really good, really good employer to even tell you that saying, you know, if you go with someone else, I'm still going to support you either way.
1: There's a lot to think about when looking for jobs. And Gabby mentioned a few things. We're going to have to get into more specifics. This is going to be like a trilogy episode because there is so much to talk about for job hunting. And Gabby and I just want to share, you know, kind of how it's going for us along the way. Um, And she mentioned Glassdoor briefly, which you guys should look at for reviews by employees like who review their employers. So you can see what people are honestly saying about whatever job you're looking at and because it's Anonymous, usually. And so I would look at that, number one. Number two, definitely look at the Pulse. If you guys haven't even looked at the Pulse, um, it's the Job Market Pulse by Updoc Media. And it has the salary. It's a survey that's sent out every year. Ben Fung um, sends it out. And it's a salary survey that is by setting and by year. So every year there's a new one and it breaks down the setting um, and you can see, okay, so what is the market rate and the standard deviation of the market rate for outpatient private practice? Or what is it for aquatic PT? Or what is it for um, home health, et cetera? It will tell you specifically based on the survey results of PTs and a few other health professions, mainly PTs from around the country who participate in the survey. So you guys participate in the survey. Number one, when you do get a job, number two, be sure to check it out before you get your first job. So you have negotiating power. You can say this is average. Okay. So here's my range that I should not accept anything below this. So you guys stand up for yourselves and, uh, Gabby, is there anything else you want to say in this episode, the job hunting
0: the big girl job hunt part 1 of at least 3. So, part 1 of 3, from everything that we we talked about today, I would say two things. Number one, what do you want? What is your what is the job that makes you happy? Write it down. And honestly, I'm going to do this after this episode and just write it down on paper. So, that's number one. Number two, just like Sarah said, next step would be look at the pulse and uh, look at what the uh, the, salar- the average salary is and the standard deviation. Write those numbers down. So in our part one, those are going to be our two call to actions to you. And then we'll go into more in part two and part three. But if you all are interested, we are wanting to do more roundtable talks. And if you saw our first one, we did a restart roundtable. So we definitely want to have one, a conversation with uh, new grads and maybe even getting an employer on uh, to talk about this stuff because it is scary, it is overwhelming, and there's already so much on your plate that you have to do, aka pass the boards and graduate. So uh, if you are interested in something like that, let us know. We're doing it anyway, but let us know. (laughs) Yeah, but thank you guys for coming
1: on. We will see you next week and enjoy the new introduction we just recorded. If you're listening on the podcast, I hope you uh, notice that. If not, makes me smile a little bit. It used to say, uh, what did it used to say, Gabby? We're two SPTs. Yeah. And now it doesn't say that. So really cool stuff. The little details matter. But anyway, we'll see you guys next week.
0: Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Gratitude. We would absolutely love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode and share it out on all of the social media platforms and tag us so we can see it.
1: And if you like our show, the best thing you could do is to take a minute to write a review to help us get this out to more students like you to shift the narrative away from stress and broke SPT.